how you're recording now? Yeah, it sucks that I have to delete all that. Welcome! Welcome to Destination Wedding Pod. If my sounds fucked up, it's because my grandson's been in here. On um, other news, he's potty training. We're so excited. So they're gonna, I'm going to potty train them and they're going to go back to Georgia. <laughs> I was kidding. Maria's working hard. Is that the plan this whole time? Look, I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. <laughs> anyway, Maria, if you're listening, just kidding. Um, what? Ah, oh, this is a Destination Wedding Pod. I'm Christina. <laughs> Why did you say what? Like I said something. You're running this shit today, apparently. Uh, so go ahead. Are you? She's Laisha. <laughs> Oh, I'm Laisha. Thank you. I just explained this. She told like, she told somebody on the phone that too. She was like, I think the lady was like, "How's your sister?" And she was like, "Oh, well, she's just running shit around here these days." <laughs> <laughs> I really am not. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I guess we were on time with our episode. So, mom should be happy. Mom. Mom. Hola, Jessica Thomas. Hey. Um. Anybody else listening? We're really trying to get it in our email. I know it's probably bursting at the fucking oh, yeah, seams. Yeah. Google doesn't, so they don't have a phone number. Um, and if they do, they tell you to do this thing on a chat. And I've chatted with them, and they sent me the other I mean, email the other day and asked if we were still in conversation. I let them know that we were. <laughs> I've not yet to say anything <laughs> back. So we're waiting on that. Um, otherwise, call us. <laughs> I just did a great voicemail. Or send an email to Christina at irematrimony.com. Yeah, do that. Cause I love emails. Anyway, everything's good in our world. I think I'm good. Are you? Oh good? yeah, I found seven thousand dollars today. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did it. No, it um, I just want you to know that I'm writing things down like we're back in the '80s. Apple, if you're listening, <laughs> I really need a new monitor, mouse, keyboard. Just I need a whole new system to go with my Sponsor MacBook. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. Come on, Apple. Just, you can afford to sponsor us just, little little people who people? are not talking to anybody who will never buy anything from you. I buy things from them all the time. Oh, I am an Apple connoisseur. Me too. You should see all my Apple boxes. <laughs> yes. Apple boxes, jeans. Wow. Okay, so I looked up a newspaper article, and I was just very interested in what I found. And so I'm just going to read it and let you know. So the um, headline says, Major major changes to wedding rules in England from April 6th. So a major wedding changes are coming into effect in England from April 6, 2022. I guess that means on. Um, couples looking to... Yes, from April 6. Whatever. Like starting from April 6. Couples... You got to learn how to speak London. Londonese. Londonites. Couples <laughs> looking to tie the knot can do so outside again. As <gasps> from the spring season, it comes... After rules were relaxed due to the coronavirus pandemic. But now outdoor weddings have been given the green light by ministers starting April 6th. Um, Pre-COVID pandemic, outdoor ceremonies had to take place within an outdoor structure, like a bandstand. Okay? Couples. trying to be Nancy News reporter. <laughs> okay. Couples. I can't. Okay, I'm sorry. Couples. 
Damn it. Couples can now have their whole ceremony outside in the venue's grounds, providing them with greater flexibility and choice, as well as boosting the recovery of the wedding sector, which saw many ceremonies postponed during the pandemic. From April, the temporary measures we made permanent, as licensed venues following overwhelming support from the public, faith groups, and the wedding industry, and the Minister of Justice. It's right that couples should have a greater choice in how they celebrate their special occasion. These reforms will allow couples to hold more personalized ceremonies and provide a welcome boost for the wedding sector. So I, so I just did a little bit of a research just about, and just in general, like legal. So a civil ceremony means legal. So I just, so just, just we want to know. A marriage performed. Okay. <laughs> a marriage performed, recorded, and recognized by a government official, right? So if you're. So before, if you were getting having getting married legally in the UK, whatever, mm-hmm. you had to have some kind of structure. It had to be a religious ceremony inside somewhere. Like they have parameters that I didn't realize mm-hmm. existed. They relaxed those parameters because of COVID, and then they're like, "Well, this is a thing that works," and it gave everybody more flexibility because I guess you had to be inside a church or actually, I mean, not just an arch would work. It had to be an actual structure. Yeah, COVID has taught us a lot of things. Yeah, but that's really cool that they have a. I mean, because I was work from home. <laughs> but I mean, I think that even when I was a kid, from I the thought, bed even. What? <laughs> but think about it. I always thought that I think just now weddings are being able to be held everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? Like people, I think always have went outside mainstream, but I think it's now more mainstream to come out because I was married in a church, and I thought about getting married in a park, but there's just something you would have gotten married on a beach. Yeah, if 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 there was one. Yeah, and and if. Like, I didn't think it was important to my grandparents and my preacher to get married. I mean, I was, it was good. It wasn't bad. But taking those parameters off gives people more freedom. Um, but I was just looking into it because I was curious. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get married in most countries, you can. But mm-hmm. check this out. So if you're getting married abroad, <laughs> right? The legal validity, validity of your marriage validity. Is, validity of your marriage is governed by the laws of the country in which you're marrying and not in the laws of the country you reside. So if there's fucked up laws or not, not me fucked so up. So all of our brides who are listening now, your wedding does not count. <laughs> no, but it counts. I'm just kidding. It, it does. counts, but like this I mean, doesn't like apply you, to us. You have to get divorced. There's just some things that you have to do different. And I didn't know this, but people also think that you can go to the U.S. embassy or have a consulate marry you and they cannot they have no legal rights to marry you in another country you actually have to have a a tourist visa or something like that in most countries to be able to be legally married there and then you have to make sure that it's legally recognized in the u.s in the united states which most of the time it will be but there's a lot more paperwork i mean that's why tim and i didn't do our paperwork in italy Italy. yeah i mean here it's different guys because we're u.s territory so it all counts um yeah you're married here you're married everywhere um but yeah (laughs) So, so we, we, so doing that, so that's what we're doing now, trying to figure out topics, is we're looking up news stories and going from there. So, Alicia found some, I did too, interesting facts about weddings abroad. Not just weddings abroad. No weddings. <laughs> customs. Customs? <laughs> Unique customs. I don't know what you look at. Um, Tell me. For good luck, Egyptian women <laughs> pinch the bride on her wedding day. Oh, yeah? Middle Eastern brides paint henna on their hands and feet. Do you know why? No, so I have this written down too. So Alicia and I have an event coming up in May where we're having an Indian ceremony. And so there's more to an Indian ceremony. So there's yeah. more than just, there's two events, right? 
Well, typically they're over three to five days oh, wow. Indian ceremonies because they have a bunch of different things. But that's like, that's what you're going to get in India. <laughs> so what do you, but the, the Mendahili, how do you say that? Mendahali? What's that called? Mendy? No, there's a thing that says Yeah, M-E-N-D-H-I. It's the Mendy party, the henna party. Okay, here. Uh, Mendy ceremony where the bride's friends and family decorate hands and feet with temporary plant dyes. What are the reasons? To protect them from the evil eye. Oh, really? Yep. Because so I had, so I just got, I booked our henna lady, the dope henna check, hashtag, whatever. The dope henna lady. The dope henna lady. You the first time. Anyway, and she like wanted to know because there's different ways and she had to know like because there's a lot more ink and stuff that she would have to bring and when she found out what kind of ceremony it was, she was more excited but needed to know like backs of hands, fronts of hands, like different where they wanted it. There was lots of, like I sent a long paragraph to her about what everybody wanted and she said some of the men might get some too, little pieces. I want to do it. I know. Lisa already did it once. We had Jada and we had Lady Come to the House and do it with Jada. It was really fun. So this is really cool because this is about my culture. So the Greek culture. So good luck charms are a Greek must at a Greek ceremony. Greek brides wear many good luck charms on the big day, including one in the shape of a small eye to ward off evil spirits. Grams or in... Uh, symbolic to your <laughs> yeah. father watching you. <laughs> Grims, on the other hand, carry a small piece of iron to do the same. Brides also place a sprinkle of sugar in their gloves to add sweetness to marriage and ivy to their bouquet for eternal love. Oh, I love that. I just wish ivy wasn't so outdone in the 90s. I know. I love ivy, though. Um, I have a question. Sure. Have you ever taken a milk bath? No. Okay. Do you know about them? I mean, I've seen weird stuff. Do you think they're cold or warm? Ooh, I would... Uh, it's probably cold, but that doesn't it curdle milk when it's warm? I mean, I guess at a certain temperature. I don't want to do that. Well, good thing you're not Moroccan. Okay, why? <laughs> because Moroccan women take a milk bath to purify themselves before their wedding ceremony. Huh. I mean, the bath looks really pretty, but... I don't want to get any cold milk, Mm-mm. and I don't want to get in warm milk, I don't think. Mm-mm. What about tepid milk? No. Ew. So <laughs> I feel like I've bathed in milk before, and my kids were in on bottles. Um, it didn't make my skin any better. So the money dance is important in communist China, a communist country. As a communist country, ceremonies cannot be religious. And are quite costly. I did not know that. That's what communism, you can't have religion. Anyway, wedding guests conduct a money dance to help newlyweds pay for their honeymoon. Every man who dances with a bride must pin money to her dress. Yeah, that's a thing we've done a couple of times. Oh, that's cool. Um, I mean, any reason to get people to pin money to your yeah, clothing. <laughs> In the symbolic language of jewels, a sapphire in a wedding ring means material (laughs) Material happiness, marital happiness. So, Peruvian cake pool. While Western societies have the bouquet toss, in Peru, female guests partake in a sweeter tradition. Before the cake is cut, each woman grabs a ribbon, which is tucked between the layers of the cake. 
The guest who picks the one with a fake wedding ring on it is believed to be the next in line for marriage. That's cute. Yeah, that is cute. What country is that? Peruvian. <laughs> Peru. <laughs> what country is that? Peru. <laughs> Peruvian <laughs> and the country. Uh. <laughs> Peru. How much gold do you think is goes into rings, making engagement rings each year we've done this in before. the United States? Ten thousand pounds. Ten thousand pounds each year. Money. Yeah, how many? Seventeen tons. Oh, tons. I forget where we should have went up. <laughs> so Russian grims must grovel to family and friends first. Let's not before the weddings. Grooms have to show up at the bride's home and ask for his bride and just ask for his bride and just her friends and family refuse him until he pays up in gifts, completes stairs like singing and dancing, answers riddles and completes silly tests like diapering a baby doll before they bestow him with a yes. Only then is he allowed to be with his bride. That's kind of cute, I think. What country is that? Russia. <laughs> Russia. Russian. Russia. Oh, we love um, Russians. <laughs> what we're not getting political i'm just kidding but people don't need to take over other countries i'm just saying ancient greeks and romans thought the veil protected the bride from evil spirits i didn't realize that it came from them greece isn't it funny the whole evil spirit greece thing? and rome those are two countries in italy oh well, i'm from <laughs> the scottish blackening of the bride a Scottish tradition in parts of the country involves dumping a mixture of flour, tar, spoiled food, and whatever else you can find on the bride and groom. The Good ritual, God, that stinks. The ritual is meant to ward off evil spirits. And we can guess if you can handle that, you can handle anything in marriage. Like, okay, stop with the evil spirit thing. It's paint me. Don't throw shit on me. I mean, evil spirits back in the days used to be really after the people getting married. They did. Maybe they still are. That's why there's so many divorces. I guess. We're just not doing enough. What is the most expensive wedding ever? I remember this. It was Queen um, Elizabeth II. No. <laughs> she sure wasn't. It was nowhere near there. It wasn't. It was. Okay. Don't yell at me. To you guys in Dubai, Sheikh Rashid bin Said Al Maktoum to Princess Salama in Dubai. The prize? How much was it? A lot. Tell me. One point two million dollars. You're not even trying <laughs> today. Forty-four million. Oh my god. So a sip of tea is a must. At a Chinese wedding. A pre-wedding tea ceremony at the group's family home is an integral part of any modern Chinese wedding. The ritual formally introduces the bride to the groom's family. I've seen this before somewhere. I feel like I have too, or I've heard of it, or we've done it. Are you done? Maybe we had a wedding where one of them was Chinese and the other wasn't, but they did that, like they still incorporated that tradition. Yeah, that's neat. Brides carry or wear something old on their wedding day to symbolize continuity with the past. The something blue in a bridal ensemble symbolizes purity, fidelity, and love. Love. And the greatest of these is love. Sweden's kissing tradition isn't just for newlyweds. In Sweden, 
Whenever the bride or groom leaves the room for any reason, even to use the bathroom, all the other guests guess get to guess the remaining person. Hold on. So in Sweden, whenever the bride or groom leaves the room for any reason, even to the bathroom, all other guests get to kiss the remaining person. I would be like, do not excuse me. Wait, so if Tim went to the bathroom, then they're allowed to kiss me? Yeah. Get the fuck out. I'm inviting Tom Selleck to my wedding. (laughs) He's the first man I can think of. But fuck it. He's old, but he's handsome. In many cultures around the world, are you not done? No, go ahead. Oh, you looked at me like weirdly. Don't look at me. (laughs) In many cultures around the world, including Celtic, Hindu, and Egyptian, the hands of a bride and groom are literally tied together to demonstrate the couple's commitment to each other and their new bond as a married couple. Wow. And that's where the popular phrase came from, tying the knot. Wow. One Norwegian tradition states that the bride will wear an ornate silver and gold crown that has small charms dangling all around it. When she moves, the tinkling sound is supposed to deflect what? Evil spirits? You got it. (laughs) (laughs) We should have done this one on Halloween. It's scary. Yes. Spirits everywhere. Uh, Men who kiss. This is actually a fact. Okay. Not that everything else we've been reading is (laughs) opinions. Um, I don't know why I had to say that. Okay, never mind. Men who kiss their wives in the morning are said to live five years longer than those who don't. A statistic, I think, is the word I was going for. Um, During the ceremony, as a Mexican couple is exchanging their vows, a lasso, or lasso, made of rosary beads and flowers, is draped around their shoulders in the shape of a figure eight. Not only... Does El Lazo represent the union of the couple? But its shape also resembles the infinity symbol, signifying just how long they're hoping the marriage will last. I like that, but it's really pretty. I mean, I see a picture of it, but it's black and white, so I can't really tell. I gotta be honest, I blacked out. <laughs> I have no idea what you were talking about. Also, there's gonna be sirens in this episode, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so, going downhill fast. Yeah. Want to keep evil spirits away from your marriage? Yes. Balance lavish flatbread on your shoulders. Okay, I do that every day. <laughs> That's why newly married Armenian couples traditionally do. According to the custom, when the bride and groom enters their wedding reception, typically at the groom's house, they break a plate for good luck, then are given lavish and honey, lavage and honey by the groom's mother. They balance the bread on their shoulders to ward off evil and eat spoonfuls of honey to symbolize happiness, and then the party really starts. I mean, yeah, they got bread and honey. Like, fuck that. There's going to be a party. Greek brides believed that tucking a lump of sugar into the wedding gown would bring sweetness throughout married life. I said that just a second ago. (laughs) More than 40% of couples now plan their weddings together, and three out of four grooms help select items for their wedding gift registries. Again, I under, I, that's the thing I knew because I love working with grooms. While most about to be married brim with excitement and anticipation. Oh my gosh. What? My next one. Well, can you listen to mine? I'm so sorry. I just read it. it While so most about to be married married brim with excitement and anticipation congolese couples must keep their happiness in check 
During their entire wedding day, from ceremony to reception, the two are not allowed to smile. If they do, it would mean they aren't serious about their marriage. Oh, my God. In what country is that? Um, the Congo. <laughs> <laughs> Congo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Because eyebrows are considered intensely alluring. <laughs> I told you. In the Orient. <laughs> Historically, the bride's eyebrows were shaved entirely, rendering her powerless to attract a man. That's so mean. That's horrible. I mean, let's hope the group remembers to remove the arrowheads. In China, a prospective husband will shoot his bride with a bow and headless arrow several times, then collect the arrows and breaks them during the ceremony to ensure their love lasts forever. <laughs> what? Wow. No, this is cool, too. I'm going to tell you this one. Okay. It's really small. In Fiji, when a man asks a woman's father for her hand in marriage, he must present his future father-in-law with a whale's tooth. Are you on brides.com? Yep. Bitch. Centuries ago, Englanders... <laughs> England restricted marriage to couples who were 21 and over, but that didn't stop young lovers from finding a loophole. In this case, a nearby Scottish town without such limitations. Today, that village, Gretna Green, is still popular for couples who want to elope. Uh, one of history's earliest engagement rings was given to Princess Mary, daughter of Henry VIII. She was two years old at the time. Oh, my God. An engagement ring for a two-year-old. Wow. Taking the gr- the term groomsman literally, on his wedding day, a great groomsman or cumperos becomes his barber when he pulls out a razor and shaves his pal's face. But the groom's day has also a sweet side. After he's been freshly shaved, his new mother-in-law will feed him almonds and honey. <laughs> That's that seems weird. <laughs> I'm Greek. I can say that. <laughs> An old wives' tale digs state that if the younger of two sisters marries first, the older sister must dance barefoot at the wedding or risk never landing a husband. We've said that one, too. Um, okay. In Lebanon, the wedding celebration known as Zafi, the Zafi, gets off to a rowdy start with music, belly dancing, and shouting at both the grooms and brides' homes, courtesy of the couple's friends, family, and occasionally professional dancers and musicians. Eventually, everyone ends up at the bride's house where the couple is showered with blessings and flower petals as they leave for the ceremony. I love that. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you. Until 1912, if a woman in the UK committed a crime in her husband's presence, he was legally considered to have coerced her into doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Um, so before a, she- a Czech bride and groom tie the knot, an infant is placed on the couple's bed to bless and enhance their fertility. Once they've wed, guests shower them with rice, peas, or lentils, also to promote fertility. There's a newborn place on what? They're bad. When? Right before. <laughs> right before the actual ceremony. Before the sex ceremony. Uh uh-uh. uh, like wedding ceremony. <clears throat> oh, I like this. In this light-hearted tradition, Chinese bridesmaids give their groom a hard time on the morning of the wedding day by putting him and sometimes his groomsmen through a series of tests and challenges. 
called the wedding door games to prove that he is worthy of the bride. Then he must pay off the girls with envelopes full of money. That's what friends are for. (laughs) (laughs) In the olden days, the couple used to drink something called mead, which is a fermented honey drink, would for the whole first month of their marriage as an aphrodisiac. And that's why it's called a honeymoon. Oh, wow. You've heard of the chicken dance? Yeah. But in the West African country of Niger, the camel dance is done at the reception in the desert by a real camel. The humpback animal gets his groove on to a rhythmic rhythmic drumbeat, all while surrounded by wedding guests. How do I get involved in that? Love it. Ew. I mean, maybe not. In a gesture of respect, couples in Moscow often take wedding photos at the tomb of the unknown soldier near the Kremlin. Then they lay down flowers afterwards, which is kind of like what they do in in Britain, right? In Great Britain, where the princess always does, leaves her bouquet at the tomb of the unknown soldier or something at the, in the cathedral. Yeah. Didn't we read about that? And, yeah. Um, I'm almost done. I have one more. This is terrible. You want me to read this one, and you can give us a good one to go back on. To yeah. Leave a Mongolian couple, hoping to set a wedding date, must first kill a baby chicken and cut it apart, holding the knife together to find a healthy liver. They keep it at, they keep at it until they're successful. <laughs> Women have worn wedding rings for thousands of years. When did men begin wearing them? I don't know. World War they- Two. So that men can remember their wives during the war. Uh, but I guess that they were worn by women before, so they would know that they're taken, that they're personal property. Yeah. Okay. This is my ball and chain. Well, this is uh, been <laughs> <laughs> uplifting and heartfelt episode <laughs> of the Destination Lady. But listen, <laughs> tell your friends. You, <laughs> you people tuned into this on purpose. Mom, that means you. Mom. <laughs> Jessica Thomas, we were just kidding. We love you guys. We really do. And we appreciate you yeah. listening if you are. Um, Apple, again, we need your again, support. Again, we do need a monitor. Yes. I do bad. Or, Alicia has a mouse. You know what? I would take a um, a, a uh, battery for, <laughs> that iPad. for an iPad Pro. Uh, first edition. <laughs> no, a four. A fourth edition. <gasps> Christina just ripped her pants. Oh, okay. <laughs> that reminds me. But thanks for listening for real. We really appreciate it. Um, I think this episode was funny. <laughs> what does that remind you of? What? SpongeBob? <laughs> you don't remember? When he ripped his pants. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Milo okay. fucking. Lucas is in town and I'm having a lot of hard time. I mean he lives here now. He's not in town, right? Lucas is now a St. Tomian. Not according to the real locals. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that, so quit lying. <laughs> next time. I can't stop it. They are hearing us talking still. They're still here. <laughs>